You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Jesus was an amazing teacher, an amazing teacher. And if you'll notice, according to the 33rd verse of Matthew 22, that on this particular occasion, his, his teaching astonished the multitude. They were amazed because of the things that he, he taught. They admired the things that he said, but to astonish also means to wonder. They were not completely clear or didn't fully understand some of the things he, he had taught. Because his teaching was distinct from the teachings of the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees who also taught the people or taught the multitude. Specifically, according to what he said in reference to the resurrection was, was distinct from the teachings of the Sadducees because the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Nor did they believe in angels or spirits. Now, you know, I, I don't know how they talk from the scripture. Not believing in what was written. Because it's, it's clear that the scripture speaks about the resurrection. Speaks about angels speaks about spirits but nevertheless they took the scripture and, and, and they, they taught it but they just didn't believe all that the scripture revealed and we have the same type situation going on in our day and time you have folk that that they teach from the scripture, but they don't believe all that is written. Yeah, Sadducees and uh, yeah, we, we teach the scripture, but we don't believe in no resurrection. We don't believe in no spirit. We don't believe in it. And now you got folk that they teach from the scripture, but they say, I don't believe in no tithing. I don't believe in no. But it's. <laughs> 
Even Jesus himself said in Matthew 4 and 4, get this to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but every, every Jesus, every. You mean we live by what is said about angels, about tithe, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You can't pick what you want to live by and it be acceptable by God. You have to live every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Bible. That's not my belief, my opinion. That's scripture. But they were astonished at his teaching. On one occasion, they said about his teacher, he teaches with authority. He teaches as if what he's saying has become a part of his life. And when you really are rooted and grounded in God, you will do likewise simply because you are Christian of Christ like you'll start saying things with authority simply because what you're saying has become a part of your thoughts your words and your deeds you'll say things like i'm gonna be all right you're, you're saying it not just to say it you're saying it because that's what's in you say to your neighbor when the word gets in you You'll speak like it's a part of you because it is a part of you. You speak what you have allowed to get engrafted in your heart. David said it another way. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart so I won't sin against you. I'm going to have your words so embedded in me when I get to going through things and folk get to talking about me. I ain't going to cuss them out simply because I got you and your word down on the inside of me. What is it that makes a person that used to try to drink up all the liquor at the club not drink anymore? It ain't nothing but God down on the inside of them. What is it? That causes a person that used to be very promiscuous to stop doing such. is nothing but the word down on the inside of them. What is it that causes is a person that has received a bad report to believe God anyhow. It ain't nothing but the word of God down on the inside of them. Thy word have I hid well in my heart. My choices. I choose to believe God even though you're showing me in black and white what the report says. I choose to walk in what God said even though you're saying this, that, and 
thereof. They were astonished. They were astonished by his teaching. But what he taught them was a part of him. And then John, when he fully understood Jesus, he penned in John 1, 1 and 1 following. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then in John 1 and 14, he said, and the word became Jesus, our flesh. The word became a man. And John fully understood that Jesus embodied the truth of God's word from his crown to the sole of his feet. He understood that the word flowed out of Jesus because he was the word. And when you become Christ like the word would do likewise, it'll flow out of you whether you're in church or whether you're at Ingalls. It does not matter because what's in you will manifest wherever you they were astonished. He's different. He's distinct. I heard the Pharisees teach on that, and they didn't say the same thing. But he's using scripture to back up what he's saying. And that's what they loved about him. He, he, he just wouldn't say it. He would always give them words. To back it up. He will be quick to ask them. Have you ever read? Wanted to know who was in their Bible. Because you know some folk come to church. But they really not in the word. All the time they pick up their Bible. Is when they do come to church. But when you're in the word, you pick up your Bible and, and you pick it up so much that it becomes a part of you. You live by it. And so he was talking to them again about the resurrection. That's what he was talking about. No, notice again. Notice again. The 31st verse of Matthew 22. But concerning the resurrection, and notice, of the dead, physical resurrection. Physical resurrection is when you experience a literal demise on earth. But God with his up Omnipotence causes you to rise physically. The portrait that we have in scripture of a physical resurrection is Lazarus. According to John 11, Lazarus had been dead for days. And his sister understood that, that, that if you've been dead for days, that 
and odor comes with it. Jesus was headed to resurrect Lazarus and on her mind for some reason or another you know Lord it's, it's been um, such and such days and he, he he's stinking by now. Seemed like to me she should have been shouting on the way. She had a question as to whether or not if he has started to come apart in the grave or if the flesh has started to leave the bones a separation is taking place that means it's going to be an odor maybe even the worms have started to get to him so he he's stinking she's wondering how in the world is this gonna this gonna happen And Jesus had to let her know, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Long story short, when he got to the grave, he told, move back the stone. At the graveyard, all kind of graves, but he says, Lazarus! Come out your grave. Come forth. Didn't tell him to take off his clothes. Just told him to come forth. So Lazarus came forth with his grave clothes on. Had been wrapped up, but he still got up and came forth. And his flesh, and his flesh and bone had started to separate it. The words of Jesus were so powerful that it caused them to connect again. Scripture says, and he who was dead came forth. Then he said to, then, then he said, loose him. Well, he was already up, so what was he talking about loose? He wasn't telling death to loose him. He was telling whatever else was trying to keep him from coming forth the way he needed to come forth to loose him. And let him go. we can't stop it physical a literal resurrection we also have to understand that the resurrection represents a recovery to normal or better health I said a recovery to normal or better health and so the portrait we have in scripture is a woman that, that was battling a flow of blood for years and had spent all that she had and was not getting better but worse. Bottom line, she was headed toward physical death. I said she was headed toward physical death. She didn't get no better. She got worse. Death was calling. And you know death in one sense is an enemy that needs to be Destroyed, or is going to be destroyed according to the book of First Corinthians. But, but she heard about Jesus and got it fixed in her mind 
if I can just get to that service and touch the bottom of his clothes why not the top I ain't got that much strength to get to the top but if I can just touch the bottom if I gotta crawl and just get there and touch something of his I'm going to recover. I'm going to be made whole. Why would you call that a resurrection? Because understand something. According to Leviticus. Life. Is in. The blood. And she was losing. Blood. Or she was losing her. Life. Little by little. A slow death. One of the most agonizing, tormenting, and horrific deaths. A slow death. Little by little blood just coming out. Physician after physician, but no better work. If I can just touch it, I'll get my resurrection. I will be made whole. I'll recover. And had fixed in her mind that it was going to happen. And this is what I love about the woman. She didn't allow what she saw. When she got to the service. To change her words. Because some folks allow what they see. They can have faith. But allow what they see. To change their words. When she got to the service. Folk were all up on Jesus. Touching his clothes. As well as his physical body but in her mind she was still saying if I could just touch his, his clothes I ain't got to touch his hand like they touching his hand I ain't got to touch his ear I ain't got to touch nothing but his clothes and I'm going to recover and so God gave her full recovery plus she not only got back her normal health she got better than that when he pronounced on her that she was whole away that means whatever was going wrong in her life not just what she desired it was going to be better who the word is never just being taught or spoken just to be taught. I'm not just trying to give you a history lesson. See, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some of y'all still ain't getting it. But just look at somebody and say, if he did it for her, he'll do it for you. Because he's the same. Yesterday, help me preach it, today and She went to the service weak. But when she left, she had strength. She went to the service But when she left, she had I don't care what you're going through right now. If in one service Jesus did it for the woman with the issue of blood, you better get your healing. You better get your strength. You better get what you need. 
You don't have to leave here the same way you Look at somebody out of eye and say, you don't have to leave here. Shout at it one more time. You don't have to leave here. Give God the praise if you believe that. Matter of fact, if you really believe that, tell somebody, I'm not going to leave here the same way I can. I'm going to leave better. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. All right, sit down. But there is also divine revelation. Well, divine resurrection. We've seen physical resurrection through Lazarus. We've seen resurrection in reference to recovery through the woman with the issue of blood. But then the most important resurrection is divine resurrection. Even though without question it was divine what happened to Lazarus and it was divine what happened to the woman with the issue of blood. But to experience a divine resurrection in fullness is to experience new birth or to be born again. It's something that, that Jesus said that, that if you're going to be a part of God's kingdom, you got to be born again. You got to experience resurrection. He first talked about it to Nicodemus in John the third chapter, the first six verses. In part, he said to Nicodemus, except you be born again, you're not going to enter into the kingdom. Nicodemus was, was baffled by his teaching and said, how can this be? How can a grown man enter into his mother's womb again? Jesus said, you being an elder, you being a teacher, you are here teaching folk and you don't know about the resurrection. You don't know about being born again. See, some folks think that, that being born again only started to be taught in the New Testament. But even before 
Jesus came to die for everyone. David was talking about the new birth. Even when asked God, renew in me a clean heart, a clean spirit. Create in me a clean Renew in me a right spirit. And if you do it for me, Lord, I'll teach sinners. I'll tell them about your power. I'll tell them about how you resurrected me. He taught him. Solomon so understood God being the same. No matter what season. No matter what century to where he pinned, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been is and what will be has already taken place. The only thing about being born again through Jesus is that Jesus would not just do it on an individual basis. He would come according to John 3 and 16 and, and die. So everybody, saint, sinner, Jew, Gentile, would be able to receive the resurrection, a new birth, simply because of the blood that he would shed. That was the distinction. He was, he, was, he was going to do what the lambs couldn't do back in the Old Testament. They would take a lamb and, and make sure the lamb was pure. And, and they would offer up the lamb and all of Israel would be cleansed for one year. But Jesus was going to be delivered to take care of everybody that was living at his time. And everybody that would live thereafter. His blood was so powerful that, that even the saints of God that, that were waiting for the promise of the Messiah. They would also receive their redemption because of his resurrection. That's the reason when it finally happened, his, his death and resurrection, when, when it began to start through his death. Graves were opened up, signifying the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of what was prophesied through Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah, and other prophets. Get this in the Old Testament. We won't have to wait for the resurrection and get it through the blood of a lamb, but there's going to come a Messiah, a Savior, that he's going to die once. And it's going to be so powerful that it's going to resurrect everybody that has been, that is, and that's going to be. He died thousands of years ago, but it affected me. Oh, did it affect you? Woo, say to your neighbor, I am a product of the resurrection. I am a product of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
And so he told him, you got to be born again. But let's take it a little further. I got to show you this. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Just stay, just stay with me. Ephesians 2. I've quoted so far, but I need to show you some of the things that is very important. Ephesians, the second chapter. I just want to consider verse 1. This is Paul telling the church. And you, he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. He said, you, he made alive. The whole person. The whole person. In totality. You, he made alive. He resurrected you. Because you were dead in trespasses. Physically, you were doing things you had no business doing. Spiritually, the things you were doing were of the devil. So, you were doing it because you like doing it. So, he had to clean up your body. Your spirit and your soul because they were dead due to trespasses and sin. You he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Let's go further. Second Corinthians 5. Go there with me. We're almost done. Second Corinthians 5. 17. Don't fake on me. Go there. Well, I don't know the Bible like y'all know it. That's the reason they have a table of contents. It's there for you. It's there for you so you can flow with us. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Paul said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That means everything about you has changed. You've been created new. Spirit, soul, and body. Thoughts, words, and deeds. Look at it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have? Behold, look, all things have become new. When you get saved, you'll know that you're different. You'll know that you're new. And get this, folks will too. Man, that boy, he don't hang where he used to hang. Man, he don't talk like he used to talk. Oh, God, she don't do what she used to do. That girl used to be off chain. She don't do that no more. But if you still do things you ain't got no business, you know you ain't born again. Yeah, I'm saying now, you ain't saying now, hear what you're saying, but you ain't saying. Because all things, when I look at you, are not new. But when you get born again, you know you're a new creation. And all the folks know you are a new creation. Man, that girl used to cut folk out. Man, you see that brother? He get mad about nothing and fight folk. He fought all the time. That boy don't even fight no more. He won't even raise his voice. Now, that boy done been changed. How many of you know you're born again? It don't mean you're perfect, but you know you're not the person you used to be. 
When you get born again, you don't go to places you used to go. You could, but you don't do it because you're a new creation. All things have passed. Behold, look, look, it's new. And some folk be waiting for you to mess up to, to say that it ain't new. They don't understand you might mess up, but it does not mean you're not born again. But if all you do is mess up, you ain't born again. If all you did was give the preacher the right hand of fellowship, you ain't born again. If all you did was get baptized, you ain't born again, except you repent. Turn. In hell, you're going to lift up your eyes. But if you turn from wrong to right, from unrighteousness to righteousness, he won't only change your life, but you will experience the best life that a person can live here on earth. I used to say, man, I sure don't want to live like them church folk until I got into the Bible and understood the best life you can live is a God-ordained life. The best life you can live is a blood-washed Jesus life. The best life you can live is a life that's based upon the word of God. The best life you can live is a life based upon what God promised you. That's the best life. I used to have to get high to be happy. Don't have to get high no more. Woo! I said don't have to get high no more. Jesus gives me joy without the chemicals, the weed. How many know there's no joy like the joy of Jesus? Well, when you get saved, you can't do nothing. You got to be out your mind. I done did more since I've been saved than since I, well, than when I was a sinner. I said I done done more since I've been Christian more so than I've been a, a sinner. I would go places as a sinner, but be so high I didn't even really know what was going on. I would go places just for the party, just for the high. Well, God don't really want you going nowhere. Why? Here's his earth. The earth is the Lord's and is fullness. Why wouldn't he want you to experience joy, happiness, peace, etc on earth it's his well it just seemed like it's a boring life no cause he came that you might have life and that more abundantly but when you experience full resurrection everything about you is new but then Jesus went deeper as I get ready to close it. He went deeper in the text. We're going back to the book of Matthew 22. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Stay with me. He goes further by saying, 
Matthew 22, 31. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read? Uh-oh. There you go using scripture. What was spoken to you by God said. It is what God said. I am the God of Abraham. God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. Men of faith. So much so that even, even when Abraham had been dead thousands of years, Paul in the book of Romans, the fourth chapter, refers to Abraham as the father of us all, or specifically the father of faith. Abraham believed God. And then he turned around and taught his son Isaac to believe God. And, and then Jacob to believe God. And, and when you read specifically in the book of Genesis, you see the faith of all three of these men. You see the faith of Abraham, see the faith of Isaac, and see the faith of Jacob. What's so wonderful about Jacob, you, you see Jacob is somewhat a portrait of us as, as sinners slash saints. We see him as a sinner initially, but then we see Jacob come to terms with God and gives himself to God and starts promising God that he's going to do certain things that he was taught. And the final days of his life, just like our life, he lives totally unto God. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And see, when you understand that, you should further understand because these men were men of faith. Jesus was saying to the people what Habakkuk revealed as well as what Paul would reveal that the just are God's people. Who are the just? The just live by faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. God's people are those who live by faith of the word of God. When I was coming up, I was taught everybody is a child of God. Not so. All souls belong to God. And the soul that sins shall die and go to hell. That's Bible. But God's children are those who live by faith. But then he takes it a little further. As Jesus be begins to bring revelation on what he said. That God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice what, it, what, what he says as he goes a little further. Still in Matthew 22. I am the God of, and 32. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And, and this is what boggles the mind and, and even causes theologians to question the saying here 
to the point to where some think the writer that recorded it missed it. When he talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the time, they had been dead physically. But see, Jesus didn't, when Jesus responded about God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was not looking at them as people that had physically died simply because he understood everybody is going to physically die. It's an appointment whether you're a saint or a sinner. Now you can hurry your appointment, do something crazy, and hurry your death. He understood that. But he looked at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as citizens of the kingdom of God are people that were just. And look how y'all looking at me. Oh, I got scripture to back me up. Ain't no needing you looking at me like. How they going to be dead, but they part of the kingdom of God. Again, he was looking at them as being born again. But they were part of the kingdom of God. Let me show you this. Real quick, y'all stay with me. Let's go to uh, Luke. Luke chapter 13. And notice this real carefully. Uh, in Luke 13, he had been talking to them about the narrow way. About people going, uh, who going to make it and who's not going to make it, basically. In reference to heaven and hell. But notice he says in Luke 13, 28, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Y'all there? But then notice what he said. This is what I want you to get. When you see Abraham. And Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets, well, in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Why? Because they weren't living right. But notice who's going to be a part or who is a part of the kingdom of God? Abraham, Isaac, who else? Let's take it a little further. Let's go to uh, the 28th. Chapter, I think I want to go, of Luke. Or the 20th chapter of Luke. Go to the 20th chapter of Luke. Lord of mercy. What am I thinking? You there? I'm going to start at verse 34. Jesus answered and said to them, the sons of this age, marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Nor can they die, help me, for they are equal with the angels and are sons of, being sons of the resurrection. But even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are, and that was the Old Testament. Same thing was happening. But of course, it was on an individual basis. But when Jesus came, he did it for the world or everybody. But notice this. When he called the Lord, the God of? The God of? And the God of? He revealed resurrection. He knew 
that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were part of God's resurrection. How many are understanding? Let's go back to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Y'all still with me? Verse 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Of the living. He's not the God of the dead, but of the undead. The living. Those who have received him is Savior and Lord. He's your God. The same faith that the sinner has, I don't have. It's going to turn out better for me. Me and a person that's dead in trespasses and sins can be going through the same thing physically. But it's going to turn out better for me. Why? Because of my God. We can, be, we can work on the same job. But we won't be experiencing the same thing. Making the same thing in our but we won't be experiencing the same thing. Why? Because of my God. The difference between a person that's born again and not born again is that the person that is not born again is dead in trespasses and sin. And the person that's born again is not. And the person that is not born again his or her God is not Jesus of the God of the resurrection but the person that's born again his or her God is Jesus of the God of the resurrection and understand this biblically speaking the resurrection of God takes place right here on earth whether it's a physical resurrection like Lazarus or a resurrection uh, of recovery like the woman with the issue of blood or whether it's a resurrection of divine proportions that affects your entire being. Like those who receive Christ and become new creations. It all happens right here. Right here. Right here. If you're not born again, you had not received him as Lord and Savior, your, re your resurrection can happen right here. Right here. Right here. Right here at the altar. You can be born again. In a few moments of time. Hold on. 
if you're going through something in your body, in your mind, and so forth, your resurrection likewise can take place. If you believe that God can give you recovery because of his blood. See, see, the blood not only redeems you from sin, but according to scripture, it's the blood that causes you to receive your healing. See, the resurrection just ain't about somebody being born again. The resurrection is about you, child of God, receiving what you need to receive in order to come back to health. And do what God has chosen you to do. But all of it is the resurrection. What are you saying, preacher? The resurrection is for saints and sinners. But he is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the undead. I'm going to stop right there.